Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody, thanks for joining the SBP, the Sports Bar Podcast. Time to talk some basketball as we are here at the All-Star break. Source, what up, homie? Hey, man, did you get a chance to check out this stuff that went down over the weekend so far? Because I sure missed yesterday, man. I missed most of yesterday, uh, the Saturday action. The only thing I can speak on is that Good Friday action, my, my favorite, the celeb game which uh, actually was pretty fun for the most part. And then the uh, the USA versus the world game, which was fun as well. Yeah, I actually missed the celeb game, believe it or not. Um, I had to make a, a detour home from the J-O-B, uh, you know, just to grab some stuff for, uh, for Saturday night, which is my favorite night. Um, of All-Star Weekend, but I, I got it on Friday because we won't show what the weather was going to be like out here when I be able to travel to get all my, my, my goodies that I always get. So I missed it, but I had my son record it for me, and I said I was going to slide it in today and sit back and trip off of it. I heard a lot of what happened on there, but um, I, I, uh, I got it on my DVR. Now the, you know, the, the second game with the USA game and the world game, yeah, that was pretty dope. I, I did watch that. Um, I made it back in the house just when that was about to tip off. So, man, that was fun, bro. That was definitely fun. And two things about that, about Friday night. One, in the USA versus the world game, this is this is why I know I have a problem. Told myself, I'm like, ain't no way I'm playing no daggone fan duel in a USA versus world game. Why? Why? What would be the point? <laughs> Then, <laughs> as we almost get the tip off, I'm like, eh, I'll throw a dollar on it. Why did I play a dollar in the USA versus the world game? Not only that, did you know how they now have the second half joints? Yes, yeah. I got suckered in to the second half bet. Now, I mean, second half joint, they didn't have a dollar option. And I went with the $5 option. Okay, I, I won. I won $15, but that is not even the point. The point is I have a problem, and I need to seek professional help. That's, that's my point. <laughs> but speaking about the, the, the celeb joint, the crazy part about the celeb joint is not even the crazy part, the disrespectful part. I actually I, I tweeted it. I don't know. But your man's famous Lowe's. Everybody knows famous Lowe's. He does the videos when somebody gets broken down or crossed over or whatever. He mocks yes. and, and makes the jokes and all that. This dude, Famous Los, why did he go extra hard at a little person? My man, the little person from the <laughs> About Last Night podcast, I don't know his name. This dude's on the court playing defense. Los went at this man like he gave him the shakedown, boom, boom, and went past him and shot a jumper. I was like, that's disrespectful. Then, on top of that, this man, the little little guys in front of him, he's pump fake. <laughs> this dude did a pump fake. I know some people might not think you know think much about that joint, but think about it. This dude did a pump fake on the little person. Like it was so disrespectful. <laughs> yet, yet it was funny. I had to laugh, but I was like, man, he can't get no MVP. He don't deserve the MVP after this abuse he did to this man. There got to be somebody calling for something. Boycott. Something got to happen. <laughs> crazy and I knew it's some craziness I saw you had a, uh, one of your tweets that was out there and I was sitting there tripping off of that 
But I can't wait to. I'll, matter of fact, I'll probably watch it uh, sometime today. I mean, we are recording it the day of the All Star game, so I'll probably go back and watch it today. Um, in between some some uh, festivities, uh, as a women's game that comes on a little bit later. Not sure if it's on regular TV or if I gotta pull it up on the uh, on the old iPad, but that I want to see. But I might slide it in before then because I don't think the women games come on until like five o'clock. So, but yeah, yeah, that's so I'm definitely gonna catch that. Um, but last night, about last night, and I know, man, um, I hit you up. You said that you weren't able to get in front of the TV. Were you able to catch any other highlights? Well, I got – I walked in the crib uh, before – what happened? It was the it was the finals. It was Diallo. It wasn't Diallo. Who else was it? You, was talk, it you talking about in the uh, – you talking about in, in the, the finals, the final two? Yeah, yeah. The final, the final two, two was, yeah, it was, it was Dennis Smith and um, Diallo. Okay, so I walked in before the Dennis Smith – uh, jumping over du- uh, Dwayne Wade, and can and okay. while I speak on that, I, I'll just throw this out there: the NBA dunk contest will never be the same, as long as two things: one, you get multiple chances to get a fifty; you get multiple chances to dunk. First of all, you get multiple chances to dunk one for one attempt, and two. If it's not stars, which it, I guess it will never be again because now stars don't want to be embarrassed in front of other stars or in front of the world and get memed for, you know, whatever, whatever reason. So right now, that that's one of the reasons why the dunk contest went down because the stars don't want to do it, so they don't want to get clowned, and because of the rule changes, for me personally. Uh, but what I did see was Diallo jump over uh, – I did uh, see the highlight of Diallo jumping over Shaq, and yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. <laughs> That's one athletic cat, man. Let me tell you, one athletic cat. Like Diallo is like mad, like flexible. He can get up. I mean, it's like lift off. The dude is straight ridiculous. And um, I'm gonna tell you, man, the joint. Like, if we really want to talk about highlights. Him and Dennis Smith's game. Dennis Smith's joints would have been mad dope if he didn't have to go through the multiple attempts. Um, because he had, you can tell he got super tired at the end. I mean, he was facing an uphill battle anyway, dealing with Diallo. But Dennis Smith, if he didn't have to go, even if he could have hit some of the joints on his second try, because um, the joints he connected on was crazy. And then the J. Cole bit. Did you see the J. Cole bit? I, I still haven't seen the whole thing. I just saw the uh, the still shot of him with the Dreamville shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got up there and did his thing. He brought J. Cole out. J. Cole came out. Um, he had J. Cole, you know, put the ball up for him while he went over top of him. Uh, and it was crazy. And then the highlight after that was your boy J. Cole almost dunked it himself. <laughs> like, he went up, hey, I'm on this court. I'm going to get mine in, bro. I'm going to get mine in. And he was, like, just that close, man. So you got to check it when they uh, – when they show it again, man, it was all fun. I mean, it was crazy. I say it was straight crazy. But I can't let that go without clowning somebody, man. And Uh-oh. I don't even want to spoil it, but I got to bring it up because you're going to see it. You got yeah, to see this foolishness, foolishness with this kid, John Collins, man. John Collins had already, like, totally messed up from the jump. So he had to come back strong. So this fool goes out 
pulls out some cats out the crowd dressed up like the Tuskegee Airmen, right? Like first flight type joint. They brought what? out a huge model plane. So he figured, I'm going to get back in this joint. I'm going to salute everybody. I'm at a Tuskegee Airmen standing around this joint. And I'm going to go jump over the plane. <laughs> okay. No. Dude. He barely cleared the plane. He broke about a wing and something else off of it because he hit the joint. <laughs> and still had the nerve to get up like, you know, like he, like he really did something. And I knew immediately when this happened, I had to go to Twitter. I wasn't even going to tweet. But I had to look for one person to see their comment. Who, do you have any idea who that person might be? You probably know. Or you have a good I idea. No, no clue. No clue. It's a person that uh, disrespected all the time, unfairly, was very outspoken, and I think you and I both love this person to death. It was Jamel Hill. Uh, Jamel uh, Hill. Uh, uh, Jamel Hill comes out and say, "What is he going to do? Is he about to jump us to freedom?" Dog, <laughs> I was done. <laughs> Dog, I was done. <laughs> I was what? laughing so hard. First, I'm going to spit my beer out. I was drinking when I saw oh. the joint, right? And then I had tears in my eyes because I could not stop laughing. I know my son thought I was crazy. Like, what is my daddy laughing at? Like, <laughs> so he said he's about to jump us to freedom. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm mad I missed yeah. that. Yeah, so his his performance was forgettable. But the just the fact that that happened, was crazy, and then I hope that one of those poor kids signed like his project for class. Like he wouldn't have found somebody to be part of for one second. And dude, like we know school probably closed on Monday, but like Tuesday come around and dude's supposed to be having a presentation about you know the Tuskegee Airmen or airplanes or something. Cause look, <laughs> he got a legit excuse of why he couldn't turn his homework in. He just gonna bring his iPad with him, put up the footage, mm-hmm. like look, <laughs> this is what happened, right? But yeah, man! Shout out to Jamel Hill. He's about to jump us to wow. freedom. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but even though, though, even with all the attempts and everything that went down, we've had another duplicate. I believe it was 2016. I think it was, and it wasn't as bad overall as some of the other ones we've seen. But the one bright spot, and everybody in our group, um, you know, that was in, you know in the Facebook group. They agreed. I put up the post. This is the best three-point competition, one of the best I've seen in a long time. The three-point competition was really sharp, bro, and I like it. They had the expanded format. There's more people involved. And, man, they just made it fun. And and, and it came down to um, what you may have seen already. Of course, it came down to Steph and uh, and Joe Harris of the Nets, uh, the former UVA, UVA guy, and they shot it out. And the drama built to the end because Steph actually lost it by one money ball. So it was, it, was, mm. it was crazy. He lost it by two points. But dude was just nailing him. You just had the feeling that Steph was going to bring this thing home. But, man, shout out to Joe Harris as well. But the three-point competition was highly, highly entertaining, man. They, they did a good job of setting it up. Steph and his brother both in it. Um, happening, Charlotte Del Curry. And some of the old uh, favorites, old veterans like Glenn Rice and them got into the action early before the actual competition. So it, it's worth a it's worth a watch, man. Even if you know what happened. Bird, I think I will check it out. 
Speaking of the Currys, I'll just throw this in there. So I just found out last week, or maybe not found out, but just it just clicked in my brain that Damian Lee, who is uh, a Golden State Warrior player, is the brother-in-law of the Currys. Yep. Now, it looks like Steph Curry, not Steph, excuse me, Seth Curry, has proposed to Doc Rivers' daughter? What is going on? Are all the light-skinned people getting together and just going to have a light-skinned nation? Wakanda? Man, you got, or light-skinned? Lakanda, I guess. Hey, man, look, man, you, you light-skinned. You got a better um, idea, you know, that I mean, you got more insight than I got. You gonna probably find well, out the info before I find out, man. I mean, I know, I know, we we all, you know, we all black, but you know, y'all light skin cats, y'all like to keep secrets about stuff and do stuff on y'all own time and let people know when y'all <laughs> want to know. So, tissue, my boy, when you find out, man, just let me know. I gotta let the brothers right, know what's I'm, going on on my end, the dark skin brothers. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check in on the light skin hotline in a little while before game time. See what's up. Check it out. <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, it's great. It's great. So I, I heard you mention you, you, you know, your your fan dude, your fan dude junkie. We already know that. Are you mm-hmm. playing some fan dude for the game tonight? Because I would go ahead and admit I did. I, I got three lineups already submitted. So um, yeah. So uh, when you pick your five and you got to get your MVP and one point, you know, I got all that. So I sub- I, I submitted three lineups yesterday. I'll probably. Uh, double check them here after this, but yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, since you brought it up, yeah, I did. I did grab two Jones, but you got three, so now I got to go back and get a third one. Uh, yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm in. I don't know why. Look, I, I feel like the chances are slim. Like some people think it's slim to none overall. I disagree. Uh, you know, on, on a regular regular game basis, I disagree. But all star games, like this, is just like. Shooting an arrow with your eyes closed and hoping to hit the bullseye, and you're not even facing the right direction. I don't even, you know. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, though. <laughs> I definitely was gonna ask you that. Uh, even even if you didn't bring up Fanduel earlier, I had to ask you that. But man, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it ought to be somewhat fun. No defense being played, as we already know that's gonna happen. So I think it's gonna make the Fanduel really interesting because the MVP could just really be any and everybody. You see what I'm saying? They could be, it could mess around to be that person you don't think is going to be. So cats gonna go hard. Pride is on the line, so they say. Um, just hopefully nobody gets hurt. But yeah, it, it, it's gonna make Fanduel real, real fun this evening. So. Shout out to the All-Stars so far. Oh, look, one more thing. One more thing before we get into these uh, these other topics, man. The skills competition. I, I, I have to talk about the skills competition because I always enjoy it. Um, I say it every time we do a podcast around All-Star. It's not the old format where they'd include a WNBA player, which I love, but they kind of revamped it and, it, and it was really, really fun. The most fun part about it is, not that Jason Tatum won it, but it was the way that he won it, um, mm-hmm. shooting from half, basically shooting from half court or beyond half court on his final shot, which pretty much followed the theme through the whole contest because the person on two uh, two occasions before that, at least two occasions, that was behind from the start from the you know because the first obstacle of course is when they put the ball through the, you know they kind of put the ball through the hole before they take yeah. off down the court. 
on two occasions before that, the person who did not get the ball in the hole first still ended up winning that particular heat. So, like that, so that was crazy. So, and your boy, my man Luca, attempting half court shots like crazy not to hit one, but then Jason Tatum hits one to actually mm-hmm. win the whole thing when he was trailing uh, Trey Young at the very end. So, very entertaining, man. So, I got to take my hat off to of them as well. That was, that was fun as I don't know what, bro. Yeah, I did see the highlight of that. Hey, shout out to Trey Young though for for throwing the uh, the old throw the ball out in front of me dribble <laughs> to get that joint up the court a little faster. I thought that was a nice smooth move. And I guess it's not against the rules. Do what you want. But yeah, shout out to Jason Tatum, uh, Brian Austin's homie from the Celtics what for be? for the win. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So if you ever get a chance to watch this in Taddy, that's 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 worth a look as well because the shot that actually won it was a shot that was attempted by Luca twice during the competition. But Jason Tatum used actually hit the shot and won it. He was just beyond the half court. So it it was crazy. Fun all the way around, man. Fun all the way Word. around. Alright, so let's get into this. So before we go on, I know today we're going to go through some things and talk basketball. We're going to hit on every team in the league. But before that, I think we can go ahead and put it out. So let's talk. We might as well go and talk MVP real quick to this point. And I think we should just do that because there's a lot of talk about it um, all over social media, especially now at this point. A lot of websites you go to, people are picking their MVPs. And I think we may agree that you may have somebody else. But for me, there's only three candidates for me. And that's going to be Harden, Giannis, and Paul George. I think I think Paul George has to be talked about in this particular conversation. Great season. The things that he's doing right now are phenomenal. Anytime that you can get a basketball player that's on the same team with Russell Westbrook, and folks are not even whispering Russell Westbrook at all when it comes to the MVP conversation. I think that Paul George has to be in it. Um, I'm still rolling with Giannis, though, for me. Um, I know you've got some thoughts on these other guys, and a lot of people in our group seem to think it's hard, and even the Harden haters, because there's some Harden haters in the Sports Bar podcast. And for obvious no reasons, doubt. one of them is not Maurice Athey because he's the biggest Harden supporter, but the Sports Bar podcast group on Facebook has a lot of Harden haters because all we're hearing about, yeah, but he had one assist last night, or all we're hearing about is uh, wait till the playoffs hit. I mean, y'all just take it for what it is at this moment, y'all. We worry about the playoffs when the playoffs get here. But I'm just going to roll with Giannis, and my main reason for that source is, first, I like his swag and his confidence. The man just came out and told y'all he don't think it's any one player in the league that can check I like that, and I actually think he's right. Uh, he's expanded his game. And for nothing else, I know there's been some other changes on that squad, but for the most part, he has led his team to not only the best record in the league, but source. They are nine games uh, above where they were at this point last year. So it's Giannis for me. Yeah, I, and I do appreciate what you said about Harden because there are some Harden haters. And why can't we just accept it for the moment? Everybody always want to look forward to something negative. Hey, what's what he doing in the playoffs? Playoffs have nothing to do with nothing to do with the MVP. 
and they have nothing to do with it right now anyway. But I have the same three. James Harden, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I'm, I'm with Giannis. I'm with Giannis. As you know, I have been talking about this dude for the last three years probably. <laughs> so I feel like yes, years. you have. So he is definitely, you can tell the difference in his approach and in his game. Not that he's any better, like if you watch him just, just thinking that, oh, yeah, he's a better player. No, but he is more demonstrative. He is more more of a leader than he has been. And that's just from getting older, I think. Older and more confident. And he is, is going on the court. I mean, the man averaged 27 points, 13 boards, six assists, one and a half steals, and one and a half blocks every night. Every night. So, and plus the team is, is uh, number one in the East at 42 and 14. Not sure what else we could ask for, but Giannis is my dude. So I got him at number one. Shout out to Paul uh, Paul George. For the last month to month and a half, he's completely taken over and and been the guy, the undisputed man on OKC. And, of course, Harden. I mean, Harden's averaging 36, bro. He's carrying a team that didn't mm. have its second-best player, Chris Paul or Clint Capella, for a minute. Like, they haven't had Paul for probably half the season and Clint Capella for a good 13, 14 games more recently. So... He deserves that respect. Plus, he's shooting at a high percentage still. Like, it's not like he's out there shooting at 20% and he's just shooting 80 times and averaging all these points. Nah, he's, he's shooting well and still putting up the assist numbers for the most part. And he's balling out. So, shout out to all three of them for me. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, we both understand the dynamic of what Paul George has done. But just for him to be in this conversation, last year... Um, he played very, very well. Um, he had a stretch or two where he went kind of cold, but he played very well. But the way he has elevated his game, you know, much respect to him, first of all, for staying in OKC when everybody already had him in L.A., first of all. Sure. But to sure. be able to not only do what he's doing on the court, but to show that you can play with a player like Russell Westbrook, who a lot of people deem as selfish or just the type of player that you can't play with, that people don't like playing with him. He seems to love playing with the dude. I mean, so much to the point, I believe, what, Paul George is averaging like seven or eight more points right now, I think, than he was at this point last year, you know, per game. Straight fire. And he's carried them on a many a night because if anybody's being really honest, the triple doubles and all that is nice for Westbrook. But Westbrook is not shooting the ball well at all. And I'm not saying he's really been a great shooter. He's always been a scorer. But he's not having a great season putting the ball in the bucket. So Paul George is realizing that, and he's doing what he's needing to do. Like right now, what are they, third in the West right now? I think they finished fourth in the West overall last year. He's doing what he needs to do to make this a dangerous team, man. And they are never out of this source. Because of him, they are never out of a game. Ask the Houston Rockets about that. Absolutely. George averaging 28 and eight, uh, eight boards, four assists. He's been balling out, and and Russ, for the most part, has fallen back a little bit. So he's allowed 
George to take over and lead the squad. So you got to respect that. True indeed. What do you think George would have to do? Is there anything that he can do, though, from this point out? If, let's just say it stays these three. I don't think at this point with this few games left, there's anybody else who can really get into the, this conversation and actually win it. Do you think there's anything George can do to legitimately win the MVP? I think the only way he wins the MVP is if OKC finishes the number one seed. If they were to jump into that number one seed, I think uh, people would definitely look to him. And it's not like they're far out. They're four games, four games off the pace of Golden State, four games in the win column, four games in the loss column. So legit four games out. It can be done. Problem is, it's Golden State, and Golden State is on one right now. So I don't see that happening. But if he can make that happen, if OKC can make that happen, then you definitely have a better chance for Paul George to slide in there and grab that. Number one spot. My thoughts exactly. My thoughts exactly. So we'll see how they all finish out on that. Um, you ready to talk about some of these teams, man? Because I've been thinking about it. I said, my man Source, um, I know he's been itching to talk basketball for a minute. Um, this is really only, about, I think, our, our second podcast talking NBA. And I love getting your insight on a lot of these teams. I've got some insight on a few of them. So, um, you got some squads. You go ahead and ask me about a few squads, but then I'm going to sit back and let you cook, man, because I like the way you get down and the way you address these squads. I know you go deep into it, man. So, um, yeah, go ahead and throw me something. Let's let's roll with that. What you got? Word, word. All right, well, we got, we got, what, we got five squads from the east for you, four squads from the west, total of nine. We're going to run through them okay. and get your thoughts on a couple squads. Let's start. We're not, You know what? Let's, let's reverse this. Everybody, for some reason, we always go east to west, east to west, everywhere. Like, even if you look at the standings in baseball, football is always the east at the top and the west at the bottom. So let's go west first. We'll go west off top, right? Let's do it. First up, as we travel up to the northwest, we will go with the 34 and 23 Portland Trailblazers. What are your thoughts on the Blazers? I like watching them play, man. They're fourth in the West right now. Damon, CJ, of course, the first two names that come to mind. Uh, my man, Yusuf Nurkic, very underrated, playing very well this year, very dominant on the boards. Nobody gives him credit for that. And I like the addition of Rodney Hood for this team. Um, shoots well from the free throw line. Um, he's decent there. He'll help him on both ends on the court. Especially in the close games, man. Those free throws will pay dividends for them. And I expect them to be able to possibly make some noise in that. I think they're going to stick to about that fourth seed once playoff time comes. But they're strong, man. They're strong. Indeed, indeed. Now, yeah, them at the fourth seed, man, I think that's that's pretty good. Like, when you think about them, you don't think of them. I mean, you think of them as being a good squad. But when you look at the West, you're like, Portland is the four. That's that's pretty high, in my opinion, especially for yes. this season. So, as we start at the, at the top team you have uh, on the West, let's go to the bottom team you have in the West. That would be, well, the bottom team in the league, actually. <laughs> what are your thoughts on them? Man, they haven't been good in a minute, man. It's like the second worst record in the league right now. So, everybody's already talking about, like, the Knicks. 
Indy Zion, Sweet Shakes, what, what not your son? I mean, they got a legitimate chance. And I think it's actually what they're playing for, man. You got to think about it. We've got a new – everybody's already talking about who's going to get Zion if he's the number one pick and how you got to tank and all that. There's a new NBA format out there, man, where basically the bottom three teams are going to have the same percentage chance of getting a player. So why not shoot for him and pair him with a young uh, DeAndre Aiden, who I really like, um, a young Booker who can light it up. Um, I think they're probably at the point source where they're exploring, uh, exploring some trade opportunities quietly. Um, could it be someone like a Josh Jackson could be actually out there on the blocks right now? They can dangle and see what they can get. I do like the addition of, of Kelly Oubre. Um, I'm wondering how he fits into their long-term plans where they try to dangle him out there for a veteran since they're going to have a top three pick and get a probably a young player. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that's what we're doing here. Indeed, indeed. The Suns, I feel like the Suns organization is like, we might not be good, but we're young and we can be exciting. So if we're going to lose, or at least we're going to lose in a fun fashion. We're going to try to put up a lot of points. But we stink, and that—that that is a fact. Yeah, fifteen <laughs> games is a stretch for, for them this year, man. <laughs> Bruh, yeah, they are eleven and forty-eight. Eleven and forty-eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of eleven and forty-eight, well, nope, I won't. I won't jump to the East yet. I'm sorry. Let's jump back to the West. Let's go with the uh, the tears of a big man, as the people like the clown Rudy Gobert for crying. Uh, after not being elected to the All-Star Game. I got no problem with it. But what are your thoughts so far on the Utah Jazz? I like them. I like them. One of the better defensive teams in the league. I did wonder once Rubio was acquired and the day that he became uh, part of the, uh, the Utah Jazz, you know, even though they're two different types of players, two different positions, I was wondering how he and uh, him and Mitchell would, you know, get together. They're playing very well together. If you check the numbers, whether you're watching, if you're playing FanDuel or you watch them, they play very, very well together. Um, I like them. Your forwards, uh, Favors, Ingles, play, they all play very well. Jay Crowder, which you always know, has been kind of a uh, uh, you know down low favorite. Uh, he's very solid. He's one of my down low favorites on that. And yeah, I mean, I have no problem with your boy taking the uh, being snubbed from the All Star game, but I think that Gobert could have very well have been there. Um, they continue to play defense, continue to find a way to manufacture points. Um, they'll be just fine. They'll be in the playoffs doing what they need to do um, and hopefully at least get out of the first round. But but I like them, man. Anything that plays defense, I like. Indeed, indeed. As they sit at the, what are they, the, the sixth seed right now. So they're mm-hmm. finally entrenched in that sixth spot. We'll see how things go from here on out for them. And our last team from the West for you, Prime, the uh, most talked about team of recent history <laughs> because of Anthony Davis and his uh, dealings and the firing of the GM. We have the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, just five Dale Dimps. Like, it's funny we're talking about just five Dale Dimps. There's a lot going on behind the scenes there, which I think is going to continue to happen this team. First of all, it's amazing they've won 25 games with everything that's going on. Um, you know, that, that's a shocking part to me. With all everything that's going on with them, they've won those games, man. But they've had people step up even when, with all that's going on, even with Anthony Davis not being on the court. Um, Okafor filled in pretty well. His minutes went up, of course, when uh, your boy was out not playing. Um, 
Alfred Payton, he's had injuries, man. Um, but they're going to have to roll with Alfred, Alfred Payton. He's good on both ends of the court. I mean, he could, for what's left of the season, if he's going to be on the court, you know, they could play very well. And Drew Holiday, I always like Drew Holiday. Always one of my, another one of my download favorite guys. Very solid in the midst of everything that's going on. Averaging about 20 and 5 in this. But, yeah, man, it's just too much going on right there. There's the uh, coach call it a dumpster fire. And I'm just very interested to see not only how they finish the season out, but where this thing goes when it comes summertime, man. Indeed, a lot's going on in New Orleans. And uh, I guess we'll just play the wait-and-see game once they move Anthony Davis, if they do, at the end of the season or beginning of next season. We shall see how things go. From there, but it's going to be interesting because there will be. Yeah, but check this. But check this was crazy. They sitting with in like a 13th seed, which would be right now. I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, 13th seed, and we look at the contrast of you know East versus West. That would be good for like I think like ninth in the East. So that's crazy. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah, they would be uh, as far as wins. They'd have the same same amount of wins as the eight and nine seed, which is Detroit and Miami in the East. So yep. that shows you the power, the power of the West. So, yeah, we're done with the West for now. I'm going to drop these East squads on you and see what you got for them, right? We'll save the, yep. the, save the best for last. <laughs> and uh, we'll start <laughs> with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. The surprising <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. Currently, what, sitting in the 60s? And I've already mentioned, man, the player D'Angelo Russell has been huge, man. What a kind of a resurgence for him. Well, maybe I even say a resurgence. A finally, it's coming out party, I guess, what we thought we might see with him when we first, when he first entered the league with the Lakers. But he's playing really, really well, man. I also like him and Spencer Dinwiddie when they're on the court together. I mean, one of the better uh, backcourts that nobody talks about. They play very, very well together. Uh, they want to ride both of those guys straight into the playoffs. My thing with them, though, I'm wondering – what are they going to do once we get out of this season? Because I think they're locked in at the guard position. Um, they're going to have a little bit of money to spend, and people was like speculating about, well, we hearing all this Kyrie talk to New Yorkers. He's staying in Boston. Kyrie from Jersey. What about Kyrie? Nah, I, I don't think I'd take that move, even though Kyrie's a phenomenal player. If I'm getting what I'm getting from these two guards, I'm rolling with that, and I'm using some money on some big men down low to solidify the post, man. But um, they're going to be fun to watch come playoff time, man. But the strength of the guards is what's doing it. Yeah, uh, that's going to be the question. Uh, Spencer Denver is out right now, but next year he's got to get paid. Somebody's got to pay him. So whether it's Brooklyn yep. or somebody else, he's going to get his money, and uh, we'll see how it goes for them from there. But, yeah, definitely want to get him some, some love because they have been – Impressive overall. I still don't think they're a good team because it's, it feels like it's just been put put together every every week because they stay so hurt. I mean, they have a lot of ballers, but they stay hurt. Everybody is in and out, so it's hard to figure out what they really are. But give them a shout out for now because they're playing better than anybody expected. Definitely. Speaking of playing better than anybody expected. <laughs> yeah, none of these teams are playing better than anybody expected. But <laughs> next up, we have the the home squad for this All Star Weekend that we are a part of right now, or we are experiencing right now. Should say that would be the Charlotte Hornets. What you got for them? Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. 
Let me tell you something about Charlotte, man. Currently sitting right there with the seventh seed in the East. Um, they play very well at home. That's what I've noticed when I when I watch them play. When they're playing at home, they're a strong team. They seem to do everything well. They have trouble on the road. But Michael Jordan, pretty much for the most part, he stood pat through all the trade rumors, through all the uh, everything that was going on. He stayed pat with his guys for the most part. Um, we all know the whole Kimball Walker situation when it was talked early in the year where they moving. I think Michael Jordan is intent on keeping Kimball Walker. But this is the interesting thing about it. If you look at both of their leading scores, the top two leading scores on that squad, they stand the possibility of losing both of them. I don't think they will. You know, Kimball Walker, of course, but nobody's speaking about Jeremy Lamb. And Jeremy Lamb is giving you 15, what, 15, 16 points a game, very quietly doing what he needs to do to keep this team in the hunt. So, I'm going to watch this squad, first of all, to see if they can hold it together and make the playoffs, but also how Michael Jordan plays his thing from the rest of the year on out because they have to resign both of them, in my opinion. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I feel like Kemba is out of here. I feel like this is the end for Kemba's last year and Charlotte. That's just my you know, my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe there's maybe the uh, organization sitting back to see what Kimber does and gonna go somewhere from there going into next season because uh, this squad that they have right now this ain't it man this ain't it but <laughs> but much love for the uh, All Star Weekend things have been going well so we've definitely seen some good stuff from the city of Charlotte as we already know we already know Charlotte is a dope city anyway shout out to my cousin yep. DJ B man or just B man. No DJ, uh, as he threw down on Friday, DJing a, a joint out in Charlotte. He was, he was a DJ from Charlotte. And shout out to listeners on DJ Lonnie B, who took the Auto Noise on the road to Charlotte, and I believe they got down last night. So shout out to the people out in Charlotte getting it in. Moving on, moving on. Your man that you didn't like, but that, that you then fell in love with, that you now hope can come back from injury after he gets his degree. <laughs> John Wall, <laughs> the season. Let's talk about these Washington Wizards. What you got on these Wizards, kids? Man, what a season for them, man. When I say what a season, I mean what a down season for them. Not looking good at all. Um, they were already having issues before John Wall's injury. And then you look at them, man, they are playing historically bad defense. Like, I, I ain't going to lie, man, I thought I was watching, like, I was watching the Knicks from a couple years ago. Every time I watch it, it, it they're terrible. Can't defend at all. Um, they're not outside of your boy Bradley Bill. They're not really that good at shooting the three this year. In the past, they've been able to knock it down. So this has just been a complete nightmare for the Wizards. They had a short stint where they won a few games in a row and he thought things were about to pick up. But, nah, they still suck. I do like the addition of Bobby Porter's, though. First game, I think he had, like, what, 30 points in his first game there. I really like that. And the Jabari Parker situation is very interesting to, whether, to see whether or not he sticks around because there's a chance for him to show really what he could do after really wanting to get up out of there. Um, even though he did mention he kind of hoped for a while that he could stay in Chicago. But it's a lot to monitor, man. But 17 and 23 on the road is atrocious. And this, this organization got a whole lot to think about, man. Indeed, indeed. 
No words for them. We can move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the return of Kevin Love from injury and and the rest of that fiasco you have going on and the mistake badly. <laughs> what you got on Cleveland? <laughs> but I got next to nothing on Cleveland, man. They just bad. <laughs> they just bad. Like I can't even watch them if my squad playing them. Like they they just terrible. They are not fun to watch. You know, we ain't got, you know, no JR to make fun of, you know, Braun is gone. And Kevin Love, I mean, the same story with Kevin Love. They're hanging their hats on him uh, with their hearts and their money. Of course, we already know his injury history. Once again, you know, it went down that way this year. Um, another team that will be lucky to win 15 games, man. They're just waiting around to see what they can get. Um, I, I do believe they still have their picks. So one of those top three guys, uh, they're hoping it can help restore their name uh, in the draft. Yeah. I'd get Cleveland 17 only because they're at 12 now. And half the teams they play at the end of the season won't care. But I'd give them 17 wins on the season. Um, but, yeah, that's it. That's it. Hey, so and, they might not uh, be able to beat another team's bench, man. You, you're actually right. I mean, if you look at Cleveland, <laughs> their squad is the bench. I mean, Colin Sexton at the point. You got Jetty, Jetty Osmond, who I actually like, but I don't know if I need him starting at this point in his career. Uh unless it's beside LeBron, which is not. So I'm not ready uh, to, to crown Cleveland anything, and the, the future is not necessarily looking bright, but they've had quite a run over the past, uh, what, four seasons with LeBron, so it can't be but so mad, right? Sure indeed. All right. And to your last squad, Prime, last squad for you, your own, who I will say nothing negative about other than their record is 11-47, New York Knickerbockers. New York Knicks, you got the floor. My Knicks, my Knicks. Yeah, man, we lost 18 out of our last 19 games in the franchise record. But unlike some New Yorkers or some fans, I have no problem with where this organization is going to this point. I think they knew. I mean, look at the names on the roster. You knew Porzingis probably wasn't going to play when he was still there, and if so, it would be the second half of the season. So you weren't going to really win games with a unit of Alonzo Trier, who I do like as a player. But, you know, Alonzo Trier, uh, Moutier, Mitchell Robinson, people you don't even know. You see what I'm saying? You won't expect a lot from this squad. The organization has a plan. They have a plan to try to see which of these young players and a lot of, I would say, young nobodies for the most part, they can actually keep around for when they, uh, as they start their rebuild or their, as they go through their rebuild. Um, I like what Scott Perry is doing, and they, they want to create cap space, man. They were able to do that. Um, they let go Porzingis, who didn't want to be there. And obviously, I mean, what has he really done? Let's let's be real. What has he really done for folks to get mad about us letting him go and trying something new? I have no problem with it, man. Um, also, like the fact that they kept DeAndre Jordan, at least for this particular season, which will probably be his only season, because you're putting stock in a young guy like Mitchell Robinson, somebody that can help mentor him and maybe make him better as you make this push to try to sign a couple of free agents in the summertime. So um, even though 18 of the last 19 games resulted in losses, at this point, as long as they continue to evaluate the talent and do it correctly, source, I have no problem if they don't win but two games the rest of the season. I'll be honest with you. Got to respect that prime. A man who knows his squads. 
Love my Knicks, man. Just don't piss me off this summer. Yeah. So True. Because <laughs> that could go horribly wrong, but that's, that's up for another podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So check this, right? Let's check this then. I'm going to throw out the rest of these squads to you. And um, I'm just going to go on and run them on down. And I'm going to go and start. Um, you have a preference if I go east, west? Man, you can mix it up. I don't care what you do. Give me the squad. I'm ready to roll. Ready to roll. All right, let's do this, my brother. We're going to start off in the east then. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. What you got? Milwaukee Bucks, number one squad in the east right now. Giannis, the MVP. For me and you, as you stated earlier, going into the second half of the season, well, this latter part of the season, post-All-Star game, the addition of Nikola Meritage is going to be crazy. They're going to spread the floor. Giannis is going to – his average. he's averaging 27. His average is going to go up. So look for more problems for everybody from Milwaukee. Super strong, super strong squad, and I like him as well. I'll just say I do like what, uh, what Budenholzer has done with that squad. He's allowing them – I don't know if you notice he's allowed them to shoot more threes. He's stressing that they shoot the three-pointer. And he handles things a little bit differently with the squad. You notice when Jay Kidd had the squad, they they lose a the game. He basically had them cats out there in boot camp. Uh, wasn't really able to, uh, to really grasp the entire team, but – but Coach Mike, he's got him where he wants to. He's stressing that even if players who are not known for really pulling the trade, he wants them to take those opportunities and live in what they're getting. And um, they're playing pretty well. So shout out to them. Right. Let's go with the Toronto Raptors. Toronto, well, your boy Kawhi, believe it or not, I mean, Kawhi's been balling. I wouldn't have thought he was averaging 27. I would have said 25 to 26, but he's averaging 27 points as well, 27 and 7. The thing about Toronto is they've been good with Kawhi, or very good with Kawhi, and they've been very good without him as well. Uh, Siakam has stepped up, Serge Ibaka, of course, Kyle Lowry at the point. And the addition of Marcus Saul at this point, they are going to be a force to reckon with in this East going down the stretch. The Indiana Pacers. You know, I I was probably one of the first people to say it's a fourteen race in the East. After the trade deadline it was a fourteen race. Yet Indiana's actually gotten better. <laughs> Even though they made their moves, <laughs> they've gotten better. They they're now the three seed in the East, uh, at this point. That's with the loss of Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo, who was the man on both ends of the court for this squad. But Miles Turner that he's young, and even Darren Carlson have all stepped up. So I don't even know what to expect from these people, but we're going to see how it goes. I still think it's a 14 race, but I don't want to sleep all the way on the Indiana Pacers because they've proven to be still in the mix. They haven't quit. No doubt. The Boston Celtics. I feel like Boston is just riding this thing out, trying to get to the end of the season. They already know they're going to be in the in the upper echelon of the East. We already expect them to make it to the second round, regardless of who they play in the first round. I don't think they're going to stay in that four seed spot. They'll probably move up, of course, over Indiana, who maybe I'm underestimating. But Kyrie's played well, obviously, 23-5-7 and seven in the season. Horford and the, the – uh, the addition or the the play of Marcus Morris has been big 
Because even with Jason Tatum being looked at as the, the one of the next dudes, he's not even the second option most nights on, on his own squad. So with that being said, and them still sitting at the four, they're a dangerous squad. Jalen Brown's getting back into his, his stride, and they're going to be a problem. The East is going to be crazy in the playoffs. Are you expecting a uh, surprise they're playing as well as they had, even with uh, Kyrie missing some games? Nah, because they did it last year. They did it last year. True. The the only negative I can say about Boston, really, is that I don't know what to expect from Gordon Hayward still. I don't know if he's 1,000% yeah. or if he – like something is, just doesn't feel right. And maybe it's just too many too many people because we talked about this last summer. It's like seven, eight dudes, and four of them play the same same two positions. So how you know how much can you get in the rhythm coming back into a season after you were hurt a whole season? You know, I guess you're getting your feet your feet wet. But even when we get to the playoffs, who are we trusting? Are we trusting Hayward, who we know was the man on his squad, who was always in the playoffs, or, or because he's hurt or he's been hurt? Are we, he's you know second tier. We trust in Tatum, who's in his second year, who proved last year in the playoffs that he could ball even without Kyrie. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Brad Stevens comes up with because it's going to be a lot on the coaching. If you ever thought that coaching mattered in the NBA, it's going to matter for this squad right here. 76ers. Man, we, we know, well, we've talked about the best starting lineup in the East resides in Philadelphia with the addition of Tobias Harris, that kind of settled it right there. I, mm-hmm. It's not even a move that, that was on my radar at all. So you're bringing in another option that can handle the ball and can get you buckets whenever you need it. So people can talk talk down on Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. I do not care. If my point guard is 6'10 and everybody else can get buckets, he's going to have the, the run of the floor. So I feel like it's nothing but an addition. The bench is kind of weak, in my opinion. But if one of those lead guys, Butler, Harris, whomever, steps up and leads that second squad, a second uh, second team, you know, early in the second quarter, late in the third quarter, then it's not a not an issue. So Philly's gonna be right there when it's all said and done in the East. What about the Detroit Pistons? Detroit basketball is shaky. But they are still in the playoff hunt at this point. They're actually in the playoff spot. Uh, I think they're sitting at the eighth spot, 26 and 30. Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, that's what it all revolves around. Drummond is uh, yeah. giving you 17 and 15 this season. Dude is averaging 15 boards. That's crazy. I know we're used to seeing it from him, but just think about it, man. 15 boards a game is outrageous. Uh, Reggie Jackson's played better as the season's progressed. It's going to depend on what he can do a lot. Their wing play, is, you know, it's like four or five guys. You never know what you're going to get from them. But if Jackson can play decent and Blake gives him what he's been giving them and Drummond does his thing, they're going to give somebody a problem in that first round. No doubt about it. I totally agree. The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. Actually, I think this is a down year for the Heat. They're tied for the eighth spot, actually, with, with Detroit. But I think it's a down year simply on based on the fact that I thought they'd be a little better. Even though, they, you know, there's no real dog, I thought they'd be a little better. 
but we're going. Drogic, who's been hurt for a good portion of the season, being out and having to flip with Winslow and, and Josh Richardson running the point, things have kind of been up and down. And, of course, for someone white side who you can't trust on a daily basis to, to show up and ball out, you never know what you're going to get. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they fall all the way out of the playoff run and somebody else slides in there. Uh, well, they're on the outside looking in right now anyway, sitting behind Detroit, uh, even though they have a tied, tied record. Indeed, indeed. Orlando Magic. I mean, but one person to talk about that's Big Boo, uh, Nicola Boots, <laughs> 20, 20 points, 12 boards. He gets it every night. Every night he puts up his numbers. Like, he takes no nights off. He plays offense and defense. The rest of the squad I could do without other than maybe uh, Terrence Ross. I don't trust Aaron Gordon on a nightly basis. He's inconsistent. That's about to ask you. Super, he's super inconsistent, as a matter of fact. He'll give you 25, then he'll give you four. Like, you, de- you never know what you're going to get from Aaron Gordon. I don't trust him. But Vuk is my dude. And actually, DJ Augustine has played halfway decent this season as well. Yeah, I've always been an Augustine fan, man. I'm glad he's been able to stick around the league and be, get the production that he's got. And I share your mm-hmm. same thoughts on Aaron Gordon as well. I never know what I'm getting from him. So, uh, never expect much of him. And very rare I even use him in fan duels. So, I totally agree with yeah. you. Um, the Atlanta Hawks. On the one thing to say, other, well, you already talked about John Collins and that dunk with the with – the, uh, <laughs> with the flames. Ski, you hear me? Trey Young is the only story in Atlanta. I mean, they're not a good squad. Trey Young's been the rookie of the month multiple times this season. He's averaging like what, 17 points, maybe seven assists and like that. So he's 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 played well as a rookie and will be in the running for that rookie of the year. I mean, of course, Luca's a dude, but Trey Young's been balling. Not much else to say about the Hawks. No doubt about it. And one of the cellar dwellers, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. I like the fact that they're in the basement because I can't stand them. But anyway, Chicago Bulls. <laughs> they're the Braves. Well, the Bulls are sitting at 14-44. Uh, uh, they had that trade at the the end of the, the trade deadline uh, period, moving Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker to Washington and picking up Otto Porter. Uh that's I don't know why anybody would pay that much or you know accept that auto porter contract. I don't understand that at all. But on on the positive side, Laurie Markkinen is balling. Since he's come back from injury at the beginning of the season, he's been balling, giving you eighteen to nine. Zach Levine, when he's healthy, he's a baller as well. But they're just a bad team, and I don't expect much to change from that. Yeah, I agree. I do think that Markinen is a future all-star somewhere down the road. I'm not talking about he's going to be top shelf or somebody's going to be picking him in the first four or five picks. But I do believe he's one of those guys that has the potential as some of the older guys move out. Um, I just think he has the potential to be that guy or that type of guy maybe in the next, you know, maybe two or three seasons we could see him make an all-star roster. I kind of like the kid. I just don't like the squad. Absolutely. All right, so let's ship it to the Wizzy Wizzy West. As we Let's get to the West, we're going to talk about the top dogs. We're going to at, start at the top, and that would be the Warriors. Hey, what, what is there to say about those Warriors other than 
man, Boogie looks great. <laughs> Boogie looks great <laughs> in the Warriors uniform. As if they could add something to the squad, as if they needed anything else, he has brought something else to the squad. Is uh, another passer from the outside. And maybe some people didn't realize that, that he could pass the ball or does pass the ball like he does, but he can get you buckets, handle the rock, and you're sitting with five, you know, five perennial all-stars on your squad as your starters. Like, that's, that's the best starting five in the league, obviously. Steph blocking the 28-5-5, KD with 27-76 on a nightly basis. Sheesh, you still got Clay. Boogie and Draymond, Iggy, like, problems, man, problems. I ain't trying to crown them. If you want to crown them, then crown No, I ain't trying to crown them, even though most of us just expect them to win <laughs> anyway. But I think these playoffs are going to be interesting. I ain't saying they're not going to win at all because that would be crazy. But it's going to be interesting. All right. And a team to, that's very surprising to a lot of us, not to the fact that they're playing as well as they're playing, but the fact that they are the number two seed right now in the West, and that would be the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. I've been promoting the Denver Nuggets for the past couple seasons, and a lot of it has to do with the boy, the Joker, big Jokic in there, giving you 20, 10, and 8 on a nightly basis. That's a that's a big man, a center, that's almost uh, averaging almost a triple-double. 20 points, 10 boards, 8 assists, and he could very easily scoop up two extra assists a game and be a uh, 6'11", seven-foot dude giving you a triple-double. Nuts. Not only that, you still got everybody so young, man. They got Jamal Murray. He's a kid. Got Morris who stepped up. Uh, Malik Beasley. Yes. Uh, it's everybody. Everybody's young. Other than Millsap and maybe Barton. And now you got, you got IT just coming back into the fold if he can just be a piece if he doesn't have to if he doesn't have to be the dude in any way and if he can just be a piece added to the squad and the fact that they play like super defense they are going to be tough to handle man they're going to be tough to handle in this west I don't know if anybody really wants to have to travel to Denver to play uh, play the mile high boys yeah, the thing for me is I like to play him Malik Beasley, man. I hope they keep him in the mix. Um, and he stepped up. The nice that he really stepped up has been those times, of course, when he uh, Jamal Murray has been out. Jamal Murray has been has missed a few games here and there um, or taking the night off. And then even a guy like Gary Harris, who is not a point guard, but there's been a couple of games when Gary Harris has not been there in the mix. And, uh, you know, and Beasley has played very well. So, yeah. No doubt. I think I, I like I like the way Beats is playing with that squad right there. And hopefully with IT coming back, it just doesn't throw off anything that they're doing. But I don't think it will. I think they'll do a good job with that. True. All right. Oklahoma City. What about them Thunder? The Thunder are a problem. As long as Russ is uh, continuing to let PG lead the way, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Somebody was mentioning a, a finals run for OKC. I don't know if I see all that, but with the way uh, both of those guys have been playing, along with Jeremy Grant stepping his game up, and Ferguson, and of course, you know, the big the big man, the big New Zealander, uh, Stephen Adams in the middle, 
And Nerlens Noel off the bench. I love Nerlens Noel bringing energy to the squad. And Dennis Schroeder also. The addition of Dennis Schroeder makes that team. I, well, he's he's a willing passer, and he's also a willing leader of the second second squad. He plays a lot of you know a lot of minutes, so he might as well be a starter. But he leaves that second squad and is there at the end of the game. So OKC is. Is a problem. They're, they're a little bit different than they were last year. A couple of moves, right. you know, only a couple of moves, but those moves are are paying dividends so far. I agree. Shout out to Grant as well. What about the Houston Rockets? Well, I mean, beard. It's all beard all the time. Thirty six. Brad's averaging thirty six points. Thirty six point six. He's so thirty six and a half points. Six and a half boards, seven and a half rebounds, and still giving you two steals. Like I, let's not let's not sleep on the fact that his defense. Not that the two steals means his defense is better, but he's actually played better defense this season than he did last season. He's actually you know made an effort. I don't want to give him too much credit for just making an effort, but he has made an effort and and been been decent on the defensive end. So Houston's still in the mix. Uh, hope for Marius Athens. They, they can get into the finals. They can get out of that that four that four to five range. Maybe jump into that three, and not have to see go to state too early. But I shoot the way they uh, the way they demo played them last time they played. I don't know if they want that problem either. So it'll be interesting to see nah. how things go when CP3 and Capella come back for real for real, and then well not CP3 come back when CP3 gets back all the way, and then Capella comes back. And the addition of uh, Kenneth Fareed as well. So will it be uh, Fareed and Capella on the court at the same time? Will they just play off of each other and still have P.J. Tucker out there? We'll see how that goes. No doubt. No doubt. What about Popovich and them Spurs? Team that nobody wants to see ever. <laughs> nobody ever wants to see Popovich in the playoffs. Like, I understand that. And shout-out to DeMar DeRozan, who stepped into this new situation and has balled out uh, 21 points, six boards, six assists every night. And playing, he's playing probably, you know, I don't want to say second fiddle, but it's kind of even, which is weird. Uh, all the all the West teams, there seem to be two players that, that I have to mention. And in the East, a lot of times it's just one dude, but... These two players, of course, like I mentioned, DeRozan and DeMarcus Aldridge, giving you 21 and 9, who is really the go-to guy for real. Uh, when it all when it's all said and done, the problem is the point guard position, which has been in flux with the the saying goodbye to Tony Parker, the uh, the injuries, the it's a lot. It's a lot. They they've lost two or three. They've lost one, two, three point guards. And it down to, to Brent Forbes and and Patty Mills. I think Lonnie Walker is now back on the roster as well. But oh, and a shout out to to Rudy Gay, who has balled out the last couple games uh, for San Antonio, especially when Demar Derozan was out. Rudy Gay still got games, still can get you buckets on a regular basis. No doubt, no doubt. Big Clippers, man. What's up with the Clippers? Well, early in the season, the Clippers were sitting at that number one spot, number one, number two in the West, and we were all like, "How, how are the Clippers at the top of the, the West?" 
That doesn't make any sense. Since then, they've fallen back a little bit. And, of course, with them trading their man, their dude, Tobias Harris, letting him go, we see that they're not taking the season seriously. Like, there's no way you give up Tobias Harris and uh, if you're expecting anything from this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Clippers fall all the way out of playoff contention real soon. Although, I mean, they're, they're still playing decent, but they're going to fall out of contention for the playoffs. Shout out to Patrick Beverly, though. He's been balling for the most part, uh, which is surprising because he's been playing playing the two guard a little bit with uh, Gildas Alexander getting a lot, of, a lot of reps at the point. And, of course, shout out to Lou Will who comes in off the bench and gets nothing, nothing but buckets on a regular basis. Yeah, and I see that Gallinari is handling the ball a little, little bit more too since the uh, Tobias Harris uh, trade. And like I say, I told you before, the key for them is that he's one of the players they have to keep healthy because he has an injury history. And that's the only thing that makes me wonder, are they going to be able to hold on to the spot that they're in now and even make the playoffs? And I'm still kind of sitting at the point that no, that they're not going to make it because I just feel like, kind of like you mentioned earlier about the Nets, um, about them and the injury history. You know, they're already missing a couple of players. Uh, Dinwiddie, who I talked about, who I really like, who – he may be back, as they're talking about. But same thing with Gallinari. Same thing with Gallinari. You just can't trust him. So I just don't trust him holding on to that AC, man. I mean, the Kings are a couple, only a couple of games behind him. Um, I still expect um, some of the other squads we're going to talk about, to, another squad to possibly make that push. So uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the Clippers right now, man. Uh, the Kings. The Kings. The Kings. The Young Kings. Young Kings are like like the Nets uh, in the playoff race, and unexpectedly, like nobody was looking for the Kings to be here this season. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is balling. Marvin Bagley, if they ever let him play for real, for real, like <laughs> when he gets time, he gets buckets, buckets and boards on a regular basis. I do like the addition of Harrison Barnes to bring some veteran leadership to the squad. I'm not sure what they expect out of the season, but. They've got to be exceeding their expectations. No doubt. The Lakers, your squad. Eh, well, getting past this trade bull, all of this uh, wasted time and hurt feelings, if these young guys can step back up to the plate, let whatever was going to happen that didn't happen pass, understand the business and get out there and do their jobs, they will end up in the playoffs. I, I just can't see LeBron missing playoffs in his first season in the West. Although he has said some things that I just don't love as a Lakers fan, uh, <laughs> I don't need him to act like it doesn't matter and it's, it's all like a cherry on top, what happens from this point on, because that's not what it is. Every season is every season. And, but I don't even know if I believe that he really means that. He's just talking. Eh, the Lakers are the Lakers. Yeah, Lakers make the playoffs. I still think that. I think uh, no matter what's coming out of LeBron's mouth, um, he's going to do everything he can to get them there. Um, Kuzma's been playing well, really well, uh, for the most part as of late. I just can't see them missing the playoffs. Um, it's just unfortunate. It'll probably be that HC. Um, maybe, maybe not. But I still think they make that late push. Uh, hey, you know what's funny, Minnesota, What's that? What's that? You know what's funny? Um people, uh, well, even in the Sports Bar podcast group, 
people like LeBron's not this and LeBron's not that and he's not playing well. That's what that's what the people are saying. Yet he's sitting at twenty seven, eight and seven. I'm not sure what the people want. What do you want? You can't get blood from a turnip, but what do you need the man to do? Somebody else has got to step up on a nightly basis and be the secondary scorer and and help lead the squad. That's just what it is. True indeed. True indeed. What about Minnesota Timberwolves, man, currently sitting in the 11th spot? The Timberwolves are finding themselves, you know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming like Dory. So that's what they're doing uh, outside of the playoffs. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Although Carl Anthony Towns has played pretty well, giving you 23 and 12. And uh, as we saw, he was very emotional and excited, you know, happy making the, making the all-star team. And I can imagine, you know, after the season dealing with Jimmy Butler and then coming into this season dealing with Jimmy Butler and all the talk and all the extra Thibodeau, you know, so many changes to the squad, but he's still there, still giving you 23 and 12. Like I said, Wiggins is playing a little better. Unfortunately, Covington's been hurt quite a bit. And they've shuffled point guards because of the injury between Teague and Rose and even Bayless out there and Tyus Jones. All of them have been hurt. And uh they can get some consistency. Maybe they'll make a push at a late playoff spot, but I doubt it. Dallas Mavericks. Luca, that's all that matters. Dallas isn't making the playoffs, although they are actually better than I thought they uh, were. They are better than I thought they would be. Luca, it's been you know they pretty much it was Dennis Smith and Luca and Mark Cuban being like, well you know what, I think Luca can lead the squad, so I really don't need Dennis Smith at this point. Letting him go to New York, bringing in KP, so we'll see what that looks like next year. But Luca is uh, fighting for that, that rookie of the year, that rookie of the year trophy. I feel like he's right there. He He's pretty much in that spot right now. It's going to come down to these last uh, 25 games for them. But that, that's pretty much all there is for, for that squad. A bunch of moving pieces, Luca and Christos Porzingis going into the future. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how they attack the offseason or what moves they try to make. How many of these Knicks players even stay around on that squad? I mean, they did acquire Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, in that trade. So it's going to be interesting to see how he tries to mold his team over there in Dallas beyond that because we already know everything is going to be built around Luka and KP, as you mentioned, and I, I can't wait to see that. Um, and I'm a favorite of my guy Jalen Brunson. I hope he can stick around. I think that uh, him coming off that bench, um, he seems to get you know more and more PT towards the um, towards the end of the season as this season has progressed. So I'm kind of rooting for that guy as well. But yeah, they won't make the playoffs this year, but they could have one of the more interesting uh, off seasons uh, once we get, get beyond those top three or four teams we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, and lastly would be the Memphis Grizzlies. What can you say about the Grizzlies? As we've seen, they, they dumped Marc Gasol. I guess it was between Gasol and Conley who was going to get dumped right before the deadline. So Gasol was the winner because he got moved uh, off this 23-36 and 36 squad. Mike Conley is there just to ride this thing out to the end of the season. I'm not sure how much we'll see him uh, 
for the rest of the season. I'm sure that, you know, he'll play on a nightly basis, but I'm sure his minutes have and will be cut as to preserve him for a little longer. Big up to Jaron Jackson Jr., though. He's been hooping. He's actually been balling all season, but there's really been no reason to even point to him uh, because the team's been bad, and he's like the, the third. He's really the fourth option if you count. Kyle Anderson is like the fourth option on the team, but he's been balling all season. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, they're not good. They're not good. And they're going to finish right where they are, uh, second to last in the in the, uh, in the West. Yeah, nothing not exciting about them. They, they've got some work to do. Um, Chandler Parsons definitely got to, you know, got to get them up out of there. Um, you know, uh, they do have Valentunas. Oh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting to see uh, how they use him not only the rest of the season, but is he part of their future? We all know he's a very, you know, very good basketball player. Um, and then the Mike Conley saga, that, that's what's going to be interesting, the Mike Conley thing, so it's because both names, him and Gasol's names, were the two names that were on the, you know, on the table once the trade deadline uh, came around, and there was talk that they may move both of them. And then, you know, and we go back to a couple of seasons ago, they gave Mike Conley all that loot, gave him a lot of money. And now it's going to be interesting to see if they decide to keep him or are they able to get something for him and and they move him up out of there. But the whole organization just needs to be reshaped at this time. Uh, They got a roster full of players that I expected a lot of. I thought, not saying he's a bad player, I thought Dylan Brooks would be a better player. Um, But they would get more out of Dylan Brooks than they have. Um, to this point. Um, so to me, he's been kind of disappointed. So this is another organization that's going to have to pretty much, uh, you know, look around and see what they can get for some of the guys that got on the roster. And they got a lot, a lot of moves to make, man. Um, and I really feel that a kid like Avery Bradley might be on the move again. And if you think about it, a guy like Avery Bradley, a player that was kind of held in a little bit higher regard about three seasons ago, and then now he's kind of wandered off into – you know, the abyss, nobody even hears about him. So a lot of work to be done in Memphis. And I, but I think they know that up top. For sure. All right, all right. So we didn't hit all the squads, man. I guess the only thing that I got, man, that I can think of, we talked about the MVPs. But do you want to kind of talk about who you think, who we think are the, what, the five best players in the world on the court? Yeah, I kind of threw it out there. We we had a discussion last week in the SBP about the best player in the world based on a conversation had by Chris Carter. I believe it was Chris Carter. Was it Chris Carter and uh, and Nick? Nick and Ray? Nick, maybe. Yeah, I Probably believe that's so. who had the conversation about the best player in the world and all that good stuff. So we had a conversation about that. But I started thinking, like, all right, we usually say top five. So who are the best five players in the league? And not necessarily at this very moment. Like not from not based on this season. Not based. I mean, that's pretty much MVP. If you want to talk MVP, that's a whole different conversation. But who are the best five? Like if somebody walked up to you and said, "Who are the best five players in the world? Who are the best five basketball players in the world right now, active?" What would you say? Me. Of course, um, the only one, only particular, I'm not going to put it in any particular order other than say that my number one, regardless of all the chatter and the talk, easing as of right now, to me, it is still LeBron James. 
So I'm going to put that out there. It's an unpopular opinion with a lot of folks, as we found out in our group. But he is still my number one to this point. If I had to list my other four, and I and I do realize that a couple of these cats could be interchangeable as I'm leaving somebody out. But if you're asking me, I'm going LeBron, I'm going KD, I'm going Giannis. Defense or not, I'm going James Harden. And then that fifth one is kind of sticky because there's some other cats you could definitely put out there, especially with all the trade talk and free agent talk that's being put out there. But I'm probably unpopular in saying my fifth guy is still Steph Curry. And, 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 and I get it. Yeah, I, I'm get. I get it. I get it. I understand he's undersized. You're gonna eat him up defensively. Um, he's he's not gonna do. A, you know, he's good for some steals. Now he will steal the ball. He's great anticipation, but you can eat him up. But I just think it's hard for me at the level that he's able to shoot the basketball. Arguably, and to me, it ain't even arguably. Okay, I, I'll, I'll 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 fight you all day or anybody all day on this one. He is the most prolific three-point shooter in the history of basketball to this point. And I don't know if we're ever going to see anybody better. So for me, yeah, I'm putting Steph Curry in my top five players in the world. That's legit, man. I'm surprised to hear that we have four of the same five players. Uh, well, I shouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, you know, there's, I ain't going to say it's the right answer, but it's it's a it's a good answer. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. For me, I I'll tell you who's not on my list real quick, which is it's amazing because you think about how many great players there are, but still hear somebody say top five, yeah, when they see a player play and then if you really think about it, they might not be in your top five. Like they might be in your top ten more than your top five. So there's not gonna be a Kyrie Irving sighting. That's just not gonna happen. <laughs> There's not going to be a James Harden sighting. James Harden is my man. I love the way he plays. I appreciate, you know, what he does on the court. But top five players, no, he's not on my list. And there is not a Russell Westbrook sighting. I'm so sorry. Russell Westbrook is not in my top five. There's not a Paul George sighting. I understand he's killing it right now, but he is not top five in the world and as much as it pains me to say there will not be a Kawhi Leonard sighting mm-hmm. in my top five that hurts my heart to say it but he's right there he's, I mean, he's still coming back from, from the injury uh, yeah I don't know man I mean Kawhi I kind of fall with Kawhi if I had to pick a six I would go with Kawhi but there's no six top five goes like this. We got LeBron James and this is uh, no particular order but LeBron is number one as well for me as was stated in the SVP last week. Also we have Kevin Durant. I don't think there's any argument with anybody. Some people will say Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Um, So he is also in my top five. I also have Steph Curry in my top five. We can talk about overall game how they affect the game and putting the basketball, throwing basketball on the floor and needing people to play. Give me that dude anytime, anywhere. I also have my man, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
in my top five. He's the MVP right now. But man, he is a problem. And if we if we were talking fifty percent offense, fifty percent defense, that's it. Giannis is my dude uh all day. If we split it like that, they had fifty percent offense, fifty percent defense, and that's it. No cuts back there, no playoffs, none of that. Giannis would be my dude. My fifth person who I think mm-hmm. uh a lot of people will overlook, and I don't know why or how, but it's Anthony Davis. It is Anthony mm-hmm. Davis any day, any night. You know, we talk about him being injured, that type of stuff, and that does happen, but a lot of times he comes right back and does the same numbers that he was doing before, offensively, defensively, whatever you need. He can give you that from the outside to the inside, it's whatever. AD is my fifth guy in my top five. Interesting, interesting. And he was definitely uh, one of the guys that I was talking about that, you know, you can slide in, slide out, whatever. And that's very legitimate. Very, very legitimate. I think the only thing that you and I really, really, really disagree on is this course is the hard. And I understand why. I, you know, I, I definitely understand why. Um, most, a lot of folks would not put Harden in the five best basketball players in the world. Um, for me, it's just the fact that I think he's, outside of him getting tired from doing all of that, and we were just talking about just straight balling, he's pretty much showing you that he's almost unguardable. Um, so I, I have to fact that if, if you can't be guarded on the court, no matter what somebody does, to, to me, you you have to be in my top five. That's just the way I see it. I don't care. You, right. can, you can be the best defensive player in the world and not a lot of offensive skills. And I would say you're one of the best defenders in the world. Um, but when we're talking sheer offenses, which uh, we watch the game for, for the, that's what we're known for. That's what young kids look up for, for somebody getting that dunk or shooting that three. Um, I have to put hard in that for me because I, I just think in this point in his career, he's unstoppable pretty much. Uh, for the most part, or at least in the regular season. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, I say this though, real quick, man. A very interesting. I don't know if I mentioned this in a in a past podcast, but along the what I just explained about James Harden, and we talk about the strength of the NBA or strength of basketball and how it resonates to folks. Um, I think about being at work maybe, I don't know, man, a few months ago, and I was out on a stop with my workers, and we pulled up into an apartment complex, bro, and we were finishing up at the person's residence, and I walk out to the car to get some paper, to the uh, vehicle to get some paperwork for the customer to sign. There's this little kid out there on his bicycle, and um, he just, like, yells over to me. It was a basketball court at the complex. He was like, hey, hey, sir, Mr. Matt, watch this. I'm like, oh, okay. Don't even know me from Adam. He just calls me out through the fence. Pulls mm-hmm. up from deep. Nothing but net, bro. Switch. Kid <laughs> couldn't have been no more. I lied to you not. He couldn't have been no more than nine years, nine or ten years old. He said, yeah, switch. Steph Curry. <laughs> Didn't he know me? I said, I see you, bro. I see you. I was like, you know, and no doubt. And he kept on falling, never said another word to me. So that just shows you, you know, we're talking about the young generation, 
what they mean to the game. Um, when we're talking about top players, and that, you know, there's a lot of things that can go with that. We're just talking about popularity or whatever. But for a kid that young to call me out of the blue, didn't know me, just for him to shoot a long J and yell Steph Curry, I was like, yeah, yeah, we're in good hands, bro. We're in good hands. Right. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I like that. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Anything else we need to, you know, anything else we're looking forward to these last 20-some-odd games or so? Man, I'm just looking forward to people not saying the playoffs this and the playoffs that and enjoying the moment of what we're having, what we're seeing in front of us. It's funny that we can enjoy the moment for Paul George, but we can't enjoy the moment for James Harden. You know, uh, it's you no know, personal preference, I guess, but looking at it logically and, and unbiasedly, both guys are balling out, playing, playing great. And we are we are in the midst of a great season, and of course everybody's like, you no, know, Golden State's going to win championship, blah blah blah. And if that's what happens, that's what's happening, you know. But even once we get to the playoffs, there's going to be some great matchups uh, in the West and in the East that you are going to want to be in front of the TV for every game because something special might happen on on a nightly basis. All right, quick. Give me two players in the West and then two players in the East and that you're anxious to see how they finish the season. Somebody, I threw it like this. Two players from each conference that their teams, as you say, is not in the top four in the playoff race right now that you're anxious to see um, how things check out for them the rest of the season and then um, going into the playoffs to be able to get that. Two players from the East, two players from the West. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll go with uh, Big Boot. I want to see how how Orlando finishes, if they can get into the playoffs. They've actually won five games in a row, believe it or not. They are outside the playoffs, but at the moment they have more wins than Detroit or Miami. But they just happen to have more losses too. <laughs> but so, so they're right in the mix, and they i mean, he's going to be a problem for whoever has to guard him, even uh, even if they face Toronto or somebody like that in the first round, if they make it in. And Blake Griffin—I want to see what Blake Griffin can do for the rest of this season, if he can live up to what's, what's expected from him, and help this team get into the playoffs. One and give somebody a run for their money in that first round as well. Uh, as far as the West goes, uh, I want to see if, if Marvin Bagley gets the time he has he's seeming to earn on the floor. If there's a reason that they're giving him less time or if he's going to get a chance to find his time out there on the court. Because he's balling. Like he, he could definitely slide in there in the place called his uh, what he called it, Stein. If they wanted to do that, get him some more minutes, and even if it's just experience. But Sacramento's right there at the at the cusp of the playoffs, and I won't say at the top, but right near the top is Dame Lillard. I, I want to see what Dame and CJ do going into the end of the season and into the playoffs, as we saw last year. The Pelicans beat the brakes off in people's four games straight in the playoffs. And Portland was the number, what, number two seed, number three seed, and had mm-hmm. home court advantage and got dragged 
by Rondo and Drew Holiday every night and ended up getting getting swept out of the playoffs as a top, you know, one of the top seeds. So I want to see if they can bounce back from that. Yeah, I say in the West, um, of course, I'm actually to see Donovan Mitchell. Um, a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell and, and um, how he got busy in the playoffs about a year ago. Been kind of quiet, and not really quiet on the court. He still played pretty well, but there's not as much talk about him um, as of right now. So I'm kind of seeing um, how he helps uh, Utah elevate and see his um, performance once they get to the playoffs because um, they're, they're definitely going to be there. Um, I guess the other person, if we're talking about in the West, in the West, See, I threw you the question. I ain't even thought about it. My dad gonna suffer. <laughs> but if I had to think about it, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with your boy. I, I, I'll go with. Uh, I'm gonna with Brandon Ingram. And, 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 mm, and I'm gonna go with Ingram. And, 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 and the reason I'm gonna go with Ingram is because a lot of cats down on him. I'm hearing a lot of uh, a lot of talk in the, in the regular season that like he was going to be uh, before the season started that he was going to have to be that second guy in LA. Um, until they formed the squad, you know, if he wasn't in any, you know, trade, uh, you know, got mixed up in the trades or anything, but he was going to have to be that guy. And then I've been seeing lately, especially from a lot of Lakers faithful in our group, they've been kind of down on on on, uh, on Ingram, man. Um, they've been talking about a couple of the other guys on your squad, especially of course like Kuzma and uh, some of the other cats playing well. So I want to see how Ingram's uh, game, if he can elevate his game a little bit to give them that extra punch they need to get over this hump and get them out of that uh, that temp seed and into a, a eight seventh or eight seed. So that's what I would say in the West. Um, if I went to the East, um, I thought about Blake Griffin. You nailed Blake Griffin. That's definitely somebody we would think of. Um, but I'm gonna go with a guy I spoke of earlier, and that would be Jeremy Lamb. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan got some decisions to make. Jordan's got some really big decisions to make. And Lamb has been playing very well. Like I say, he's the second leading scorer on that squad. And this year, averaging 15 points a game. He's averaging about six more points than he's averaging for his career. So he's playing really well. So I'm anxious to see um, if he continues the ball out and they can stay in that playoff race. Then the other guy I already mentioned, of course, was D'Angelo Russell. Uh, once again, like I said, he's shouldering a lot right now, especially as you did mention the fact about um, Spencer Dinwiddie being out um, Just a question of whether or not He was going to have that surgery or not um, So I, then he's going to be back Like I say three to six weeks Is what they were talking about I believe Or three to five But it's, he's going to be back at some point But D'Angelo Russell has to carry the weight And I, you know, maybe I was just kind of Hiring him coming out of college But he's justifying a lot of that right now So I definitely got my eyes on him Especially if he's the one that can stay healthy Because you did mention how often they stay hurt as a squad, which is true. Yeah. Which is definitely true. So he's going to have to be able to carry that weight and continue to show that load, um, whether he's running the point or the two. But I fully expect him to do that. But um, I really like to do So I got my eyes on him for the rest of this season and even into the playoffs because they'll be there, I think, anyway. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. They can, they can sit, you know, they got the vert, crab. <laughs> Carol, uh, Hollis Jefferson, uh, mm-hmm. Dudley, like everybody's been in and out, so we'll see. And and of course, like you mentioned, Spencer Dinwiddie, so we'll see how it goes for the end of the season. But Kenny Atkins, Kenny Atkinson has done a fantastic job, so nobody can really uh, complain about that. Yeah, 
No doubt, no doubt. And that's it. Uh, next thing on the next podcast, we'll get more into maybe, uh, I don't know, Coach of the Year so far next week and some other things. We have plenty, plenty of things to talk about because we'll be right after the All-Star break. But, yeah, man, this was fun. This was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Nice, lengthy, lengthy podcast. But, hey, it's only our second one. And we had to address all 30 teams in the NBA. I think we did that. I think we did that. No doubt. No doubt. Y'all can catch us on, on Facebook, the Sports Bar Podcast group. Uh, catch me on Twitter. Source underscore, well, no, that's Instagram. Sorry. Source underscore Skoshka on Twitter, E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A. And I said Twitter again. On Instagram, man, you know what I'm talking about. And on Twitter, <laughs> it is at Smitty Source, at Smitty Source. What about you? Yeah, you can catch me on Instagram and on Twitter. Of course, you can catch me at Prime SBK. I'm, I'm always there for all of your sports needs, your foolishness, your whatever, your comic book needs. I'm an avid comic, avid comic book reader. So we got any comic book heads and nerds in the group? Hit me up. Let's, uh, let's follow each other. It is what it is. All right. Thanks for joining your boys in the Sports by Podcast. Thanks for listening to the SBP. And to the yep. next one, enjoy the All-Star Game, people. Out. Chill. Sure.